Welcome to the First Pres Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.20, 9.45, and 11.10. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Our beloved has come to us. Our beloved is here. Now, we have all watched the dramatic scenes in the movies when the man or the woman runs through the crowded airport in pursuit of their beloved. After being separated because of some distance, some fight, some miscommunication, a pursuit is now underway. Rushing through security, bounding through the terminal, pushing through the crowds, the beloved is pursued. And once the couple reunites usually just before one of them was about to board the plane, they throw their arms around each other. With great declarations of love, they embrace everyone around them. They know to burst into spontaneous applause. The musical score swells. It's this this big, this beautiful, this dramatic moment. They're together again. How strange it would be. How strange it would be if after that pursuit... After all that transpired to win the beloved back, how strange it would be if at that moment, after an embracing, they they turned to each other and said, well, it was nice to, to see you again. And then sort of shook hands and and went their separate ways. I mean, that would be a terrible movie. You would want your money back. You would. No, no, the beloved has been pursued. The beloved has been won back. The reunion has finally taken place that they might be together forever. In the sermon series called Beloved, we've looked at what it means that Jesus is the one who comes to us for our rescue, that nothing can stop him. No, the Lord comes to make things right, to forgive our sins, to make us beloved. And this morning, we'll explore what it means that the Lord has come, that we might be with Christ, joined with Jesus, living this new life with him here, now, and forever. If you'll turn with me to Colossians 3, we're going to read together verses 1 through 3, and then 12 through 17. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Beloved church, hear the word of God. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Verse 12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. 
Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, you have come to us. You have met us in our mess and our sin. You are God with us. And you're with us now. And so we pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would speak to us. That you would move in this place. That you would move in our hearts. That you would allow us to receive your word this morning. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Today as we celebrate Christmas, as we gather on this Christmas morning, we're reminded again of one of the names given to Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this, as the angel said, this is good news of of great joy, that, that Jesus, that God in the flesh is here, that we have not been left to our own devices, that we have not been abandoned. No, no, no the darkness in our world, the brokenness in our own lives. It does not get the last word. This is why the weary world rejoices. God has come. The Lord is here with us. But like that person running through the airport to reach their beloved, this is not meant to be a a brief reunion. No, the Lord has come, and and the Lord works for our rescue, that we might be permanently, forever joined with the Lord. This was always God's purpose, you know. In creation, God made human beings to to live with him, to to be in relationship, to enjoy his presence, to, to flourish. But all of us, all of humanity, we chose the course of of mutiny, rising up against God and our sin, and we found ourselves at odds with God, separated by a great distance, this this chasm, this great chasm of our sin. A little bit earlier in Colossians chapter 1, Paul writes this. He says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, And all of us, every single one of us, we needed a rescue. And what we've seen throughout this sermon series is that the Lord is bound and determined to secure our rescue. That nothing can stop his love. And oh, what this reveals about the heart of God. Oh, what this shows us about who God is, that the Lord in his great love would rend the heavens and come down. For you see, God so so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Scholar N.T. Wright says this. He says, the great medieval Italian poet Dante ended his masterpiece by invoking the love that moves the sun and the other stars. He says, if today we hear that as as a sentimental metaphor, it's because our vision of love is too small. 
Dante has grasped something deep within the thought of ancient Israel, deep within the good news of the first followers of Jesus, deep within the mind and heart and the vocation of Jesus, the good news that there is a God, a God who made the world, a God who made the world, not because he was forced to, but because his inmost nature is generous, exuberant love. This is the basis of all other good news. That the power behind the cosmos is not blind chance, nor yet brute force, but love. And God, who is love, so deeply loved the world that he made. So deeply loved the cosmos that he gave his one and only son, not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. As the prophet Isaiah said, in his love and mercy, he redeemed. He lifted them. He carried them. The Son, the beloved of God, Jesus, has come to make us beloved, to forever close the gap of that great distance that once separated us. The first wedding I, I ever officiated was for a young couple who had dated for nearly four years Now, the entire course of their relationship, or the majority of it at least, was spent dating long distance. Imagine that. Never really living in the same city, always separated by by some amount of, of miles between them. But that all changed on their wedding day. Because the bride walked down the aisle to meet her groom. And from that day forward, they were together, no longer separated by some distance. No, now they were joined. Now they were one as husband and wife. And that's a picture. It's a picture of of the Lord's intention to come to us, to be joined together with us here and now and forever. Here again, Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, and now verse 22 as well. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Yes, once you were far away, without hope, without God in this world, and so was I. But now we have been brought near. And how, how could that happen? How could such a reunion, how could such a a reconciliation, how could such a dramatic turn of events, how could that take place? Well, the one who was born in a manger, surrounded by the promises of God. He would grow in wisdom and, and stature, and in his earthly ministry, he went around declaring that God is doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? See, it, it springs up from the ground. And Jesus, full of grace and truth, he, he proclaimed that this new thing, that the kingdom of God was near. And he went around proclaiming this kingdom, preaching this good news, and he went around demonstrating, showing the, the reality of this kingdom in our very midst. Oh, but this kingdom was unlike anything that, that anybody expected. For this Jesus, this Messiah, he, he predicted his, his own death. 
the restoration of, of, of God, it came in the most unexpected of ways. And indeed, eventually Jesus was betrayed, arrested, tried, crucified. But his death, his death was not the end for three days later. God raised Jesus from the dead, vindicating, validating everything that Jesus had done, everything that Jesus said about who he was. You see, the sacrifice of Jesus in his death was met with the victory of God in his resurrection. And this new thing, this new creation, this new thing that God is doing is, is unleashed in Jesus Christ and to all who believe in him, to all who put their faith in him. He makes them children of God. Forgiven, rescued, reconciled, ushered into this new life, this new life with Christ, joined with Christ. Now what does that mean, really? What does it mean to be joined with Jesus? Here again, Colossians 3, verses 1 through 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I remember, uh, I remember my wedding day well. In part because it was just two and a half years ago. <laughs> in part because we have about a billion pictures from that day, <laughs> but mainly, of course, because of what that, that day meant. This day that, that God was bringing Chuck and I together as, as husband and, and wife, you know, we, we woke up that morning, we showed up to the church as, as two individuals, but God brought us together as, as one, and in our, our union as husband and wife, everything is now shared. Everything, everything that was mine, now Chuck's, and everything that was Chuck's, now mine. And marriage is this, this picture, this, this image of the union that we have with Christ. And speaking of our, our union with Christ, scholar Michael Horton, he says this, he says, by virtue of this mystical union, and it is, it is a mystery, but by virtue of this mystical union, we can be assured that we are already accepted in Christ and that everything that belongs properly to him is freely given to us. Did you hear that? Everything. Everything that belongs to Christ is freely given to us. All that Christ accomplished in his life in his death, in his resurrection by the sheer grace of God. It is given to us. And what does that mean? What does that mean for us? Well, you see, beloved of God, child of God, joined with Jesus, your past is no longer held against you. Yes, once you, once I, we were, we were dead in our sins. We were under the curse of our, of our mutiny, but Christ forgave us all our sins, having canceled the, the charge of our legal indebtedness, that, that, that debt of sin that stood against us, that condemned us. It's taken away. The charge of, of mutiny that hung over our heads. Christ has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. 
For we are united with Christ in his death and we're now dead to sin. We're now dead to that, that old way of life. And you see, beloved of God, child of God, join with Jesus, your, your present, your present circumstances, your present reality, all of it, it's forever changed. For we are united with Christ in his resurrection, raised to new life in Jesus. That's what Paul is trying to communicate all through the book of Colossians. The old, the old, it's gone and the new is here. As N.T. Wright says, it may not always feel like that. But for those who have been joined to the family of Christ they have become different people. Or as Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone has been joined with Jesus, the old has gone. He says, he says the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here, and now you stand before the Lord. You stand before the Lord holy, without blemish, free from accusation, and the very spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And beloved of God, child of God, join with Jesus your future. Your future is secure. The gift of the Holy Spirit is just a, a deposit, a guarantee of all that is to come, all that is yours in Christ. Verse 3 says that our life is hidden with Christ, but one day all will be revealed. One day the sons and God, daughters of God will be revealed in glory and all things made new. I kind of want to run through that list again because it is such good news. Do you see what God has done? The beloved Jesus has pursued us, has worked for our rescue, and now joins with Jesus. Nothing, nothing can ever separate us from him. This is a union that can never be dissolved. Whatever your past, whatever today contains for you, whatever tomorrow brings, nothing, nothing can ever separate you from Jesus. You have been joined with Jesus. Theologian John Calvin writes this, he says, but since Christ has been so imparted to you with all his benefits, that all his things are made yours, that you are made a member of him, indeed one with him, his righteousness overwhelms your sins. His salvation wipes out your condemnation. With his worthiness, he intercedes that your unworthiness may not come before God's sight. Surely this is so. We ought not to separate Christ from ourselves or ourselves from him. Calvin goes on to say that we should hold on bravely with both hands to the fellowship, the union by which Christ has bound himself to us. Can I tell you the most incredible news? Christ has bound himself to you. To you. Joined with you. Here and now and forever. Through faith we have been joined with Christ ushered into new life, the life of the new creation, the very life of God. And so Paul says in our passage today, he says, dress the part. Dress the part. Here again, verses 12 
through 15, therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Now, I suppose we could read that list and hear it as a sort of laundry list of things that that we need to do in order to, to earn God's love, to earn God's approval. Charlie Mackesy is a British author and speaker, and he gives the, the following illustration that I want to share with you all. This is a, a picture that I colored the other day. Uh, I colored perfectly within the lines, if I do say so myself, on a mark outside of the lines. Have you ever wondered what pastors do all week <laughs> when it's not Sunday? Now, for some of us, I think we, we imagine the Christian life is about coloring perfectly within the lines. Best behavior. And then, and, and then and only then, God will, will love us, will accept us. I think we read a passage like this and we can just jump to, to forming our to-do list, our, our New Year's resolutions of, of all the ways that, that I will be better, I will do better, I will, I will be kinder to my coworkers, I will be more patient with my family. You know, we kind of grit our teeth and say, here's what I'm going to do out of my power and strength and ability and will. I will do it. Sound familiar? The problem, though, as Charlie Mackesee says, is that on a good day, my life tends to look like this on a good day. And that's before being sleep-deprived with a newborn, as I will be in a few weeks. (laughs) But the good news of the gospel, the good news of the gospel is actually this, that in our mess, we are loved. That in our mess, we are loved. As Tim said last week, Christ came to address our mess, to enter into our mess. And the good news of the gospel is that we are loved. That God demonstrates his great love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That through Christ, through his work on the cross, we are forgiven, we are restored. We are made beloved. Do you see how verse 12 begins? Before we get to any instructions on how to live, before we get to the, the ethics, the, the, the new behaviors for those who are in Christ, it begins, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. You are beloved. And it matters so much that we understand this. It's not that these behaviors we're taking on, these these new clothes that we're putting on, it's not that we're trying to earn God's love. No, no, no. It's because we already are beloved. Because we've already been ushered from the old into the new. Because we've already been joined with Jesus. That we can now live by the power of God. So Paul says, as those who have died with Christ— 
is those who have been raised to new life. Seek the life of, of the new creation. Set your hearts, set your minds on things above. Dress the part. Redeemed people of God. Chosen, holy, dearly loved. We have a whole new wardrobe to put on. A whole new wardrobe to put on. My friend, after college, she took a, a new job. And while working there, she was surrounded by all these conversations about life, life's big questions. And, and two of her coworkers were, were Christians, and they spent a lot of time talking with her, challenging her. And my friend really wrestled with what they were saying. She was reading, she was engaging in conversation, and, and she came to this point where she realized that, that her only hope was God. And eventually she accepted Jesus on his terms. And then she left for, for grad school. And she found that in that, that first year of grad school, growing in her faith, developing her faith, it, it was really hard. She said she knew she was different, but she still wore all of the same clothes, literally. Her closet was just full of black. And then to mix it up, a little more black. <laughs> but as my friend looks back on her story now, she sees that in the coming years, she slowly began to, to step into her new life in Christ. She began to dress the part of one who was chosen and holy and dearly loved. In her literal wardrobe, it began to change as well. One day she stood in front of her clothes and she realized there was now color in her closet. You see, my friend joined with Jesus was being led into new life. And the same is true for us. Join with Jesus as a, as a community. As the body of Christ, we seek to be ruled by the peace of Christ. To be thankful for all the Lord has done for us. Becoming like our beloved daily, we put on compassion. We, we clothe ourselves in kindness. We take up the habit of humility. Yes, sometimes it looks like a, a complete mess. Sometimes it looks like that picture with just scribbles all over it. Sometimes we linger in the old. We keep going back to the old, but, but Christ keeps calling us up and into the life of new creation. And, and when it is a mess, when we make a mess of it, as the Lord forgave us, we, we press into forgiving one another. And over it all, over all these virtues, by the grace and power of God, we keep learning love. And so church, may the message of Christ, the message of all that Jesus has done for us, may it dwell among us richly as we teach and admonish each other with all wisdom. And may all that we do, whether in word or deed, and we do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, who has forever joined himself to us. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, where would we be without you? I shudder to think, and yet we don't have to entertain that thought for a second, because you are here. You are with us. And we are yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at first-prez.org.